five seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. What is happening? Hey, everybody. Welcome your radio in. voice on there, man. Yeah, I was trying my best. <laughs> Do my radio goober voice. You must be feeling better. Oh, man, you can't believe how much better I feel. You're right. And, Roger, look, it is Wednesday, last Tuesday, so just a little over a week is when this stuff hit me over the head. You remember, I guess it was last Tuesday morning is when I went in and got, quote, the shot. And look at me, it's taken, I mean, I'm still producing, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, I'm still <laughs> blowing my nose something fierce and... Productive cough. Hacking it, yeah. You know, I I feel sorry for the people who ride down in their car, like they're tailgating me down the highway because they're getting a windshield full every now and then, you know what I'm saying? So back off, but... I know what you mean. But people I feel so much what, better. What is he shaking for? <laughs> <laughs> having a seizure up there yeah i know i feel so much better and it's good to be back with you so i just felt like throwing in a little radio voice hey which my my goober uh radio overcook it voice when i'm just goofing off on trying to be funny sounds a lot like my impression of will ferrell doing his harry carey impression you know hey everybody uh, lay it on us man so hey, anyway. hey if a moon was made of cheese would you eat it <laughs> hey if you were a hot dog, would you eat yourself? I know I would. I'd be delicious. I know I would. <laughs> Hi. Okay. Here we go, off and running with you on a Wednesday, live in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast service, friendly service, people that you can get to know one-on-one, and exchange a cell phone number. And so, look. That's really what you would prefer with your insurance agent. It's somebody in the same town as you, born and raised there, kind of like you, or at least from there, know them, go to church with them. You know, they're part of the community, volunteering in different areas, just like you. And that way, when something comes up and you need to call them, hey, some, something has happened over here. You know, a tree just fell through the garage. You can call them at any time of day, and there's that personal feeling. It really does make it better, and that's why... I highly, highly recommend Farm Bureau Insurance to you. And if you haven't given them a chance, do that. Give them a chance. I think you'll be glad you did. All right. Um, I'm getting your comments on Facebook. Feel free to comment there if you're watching the live stream. Also on Twitter, Periscope. Hey to you. And this is a live show. Yesterday you had some new content. It just was not live. It was pre-taped yesterday. I had a great time going back to my hometown uh, where I grew up anyway as a kid Russellville, Alabama, got to visit with the Civitans Club there and um, see a lot of people that I hadn't seen in many, many years, some 
childhood friends. We grew up together. Uh, the very first football coach I ever had in the eighth grade at Russellville High School. His name is Barry Pace. Coach Pace was there yesterday. And um, my principal at my school, who's always also my neighbor uh, growing up, was there. So a lot of those things. That was a really neat experience for me. So appreciate you. Is that intimidating at all? No, it, it's not. But I, t- I will tell you, it's interesting, Roger. Um, you know, yesterday was my birthday. I turned 43. And I hadn't seen a lot of those people in 35 years. Amazing. And... Mr. Pride, Mr. Joe Pride, Joe Pride the third. He was the principal at College <laughs> Avenue Elementary School when I was in the JP fourth three. JP three. That's right. If he was a football player, we'd be calling him JP three. Uh, Joe Pride the third. He was the uh, principal at the elementary school, College Avenue Elementary in Russellville downtown. The whole facility and building's just fallen in on itself now. They've built a new school. I went by and looked at it yesterday, but. He was our principal. He was also our neighbor that lived right across the street. So, and here's how stupid I was. I got in trouble a lot at school. (laughs) (laughs) So my neighbor, my principal, he paddled my rear end several times. I deserved it every time I got it. I'm thankful for every one of those paddlings. And many times it involved my dad knowing about it. They'd call him up to the school or something. Or... Yeah, he, Mr. Pride just walk across the street and say, "Hey, Joe, I got to tell you what happened at school today." <laughs> did your dad give him the little the little thing? Like I know mine did. Like I tell you what, you get him, and then tell me, and I'll get him when he gets home. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I think it was just always inferred, Roger, because there were several of those, and there was one specific time a story I could tell you where, yeah, standing there in front of both of them at school. Ouch! My dad said, "Here's what's going to happen." You're about to go in there and apologize. And then you're going up to Mr. Pride's office, and he's going to whip your butt. And then when you get home, I'm going to whip your butt. Understand? Yes, How sir. How old were you, man? Well, fourth and fifth grade, whatever you are there. Yeah. So what? Didn't matter, did it? <laughs> 10 years old, 11 years old? Yeah, didn't matter. I was 17, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the age does not matter. <laughs> but it was sure great to see him, and Mr. Pride is retired now, and he he hunts all the time, and uh, is enjoying life, and it was really neat to see him. And that's the thing about it. I hadn't seen him in so long, but still you stand there next to him. There's that element of revere and respect that you had when you were a kid for that person who was an, you know, an authority figure in your life. I felt that yesterday. So anyway, yesterday was not a live show. Today is live, meaning I'm taking your text messages, and we'll get your phone calls, and we can talk about whatever you want. Again, it feels like very much a transition period right now from – season to postseason in the college football world, but I don't I don't really know if there's been any shortage of storylines, that's for sure. It's just that things are different than they were two or three weeks ago. I think for everybody and every fan base, it just feels different. So whatever it is you want to get into today is fine with me. Call me up on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. They are your Kubota dealer. It is 995-1059. Got it? 995-1059. That is the number to the Divinity Equipment phone. It's a 601 deal, so uh, hit me up. 601-995-1059. Divinity Equipment, I need to remind you of this. So here we are sitting here on the 11th of December, just three weeks or whatever to the end of the month. And so in terms of deals that, you know how it is, like 
models that are labeled, this is a 2018 this and that. This is a 2019 this and that. Well, you're about to go over into 2020. You got deals you can take advantage of in a lot of places, including tractors and construction equipment, um, ATVs, you know, like the uh, sidekick and everything at Divini. Turf products, all right? $1,500 on select model zero-turn units that you can get off right now at Divini Equipment. All in-stock turf products are discounted, okay? So take advantage of that between now and the end of the year. You look at tractors. They've got the L-Series, standard L-Series tractors at Divini, $2,500 off. You can get financing 0% for 60 months, or you can go up to 84 months at 1.9%, and all of that's with zero money down. So if you take advantage of it between now and the end of December, and I'll tell you about some more deals they've got going on at Divini uh, Equipment coming up. Hey, look here on the uh, text line. Unnamed texter says, um, happy belated birthday. Thank you. Yesterday was my birthday. It also would have been Jack Crystal's 94th birthday. It was the uh, state of Mississippi's birthday. Mississippi. So you're a Sagittarius. Not that you believe in any of that stuff. Yeah, I I, I don't believe in any of that. I'm, therefore, I've never studied it, Roger, and I don't even know what those yeah, are. You are. Okay. <laughs> I got one coming up Monday. That's how I know. You got a birthday coming up? Oh, yeah. We are going to see another birthday producer on here. Have the same birthday, Jackson. Oh, really? Yeah. Sharing a birthday. That's pretty cool. Yesterday was the state of Mississippi's birthday. Uh, in, well, I think oh, the way. The way I said it, gal. the way I said it on yesterday's show, Roger was, okay. Mississippi was admitted to the union on December the tenth, eighteen seventeen. So it's two hundred and two years, right? Yeah. Well, I said, well, yeah, and we know that there was a little period of time in there where they were not in the union, <laughs> but they're oh, back you mean, in uh, the union. in between. Yeah, right. So back in the union. <laughs> so my question on that is. The state of Mississippi officially became a state in the United States on December 10th, 1817. But can you say it was the state's 202nd birthday because there's that little period of time there 150 years ago where they were not in the union for several years? That is a good point. Right? Do you have to exclude those in the the age of the state? Or were they just a state as a part of a, a different country? I think that's the point. Yeah, uh -huh. I think it was a, the statehood was established. I okay, think that's a, yeah. Okay, now we've worked that out. <laughs> <laughs> now let's work on Mid East peace. I sense in your voice, Roger, that you're like, let's move on from this. No, 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 really. But I'm, I'm <laughs> glad it came to a tidy end. We figured it out. <laughs> Good. Me too. Uh, Jason on the text line says, "Glad you're back. Mornings suck without your show." As a retired, half-crippled guy. <laughs> well, thanks, Jason. And speaking of, he's with us right now on the Divinity Equipment phone line, listening out west in Flagstaff, Arizona. Hey, Jason. What's up? Hey, man. Yep. Nothing much. I got a couple of things now. To, um, Mississippi was in the Union, whether they liked it or not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's, we'll leave it at that. That's the way it went down, right? <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, it's something I've been rolling around since you said we could talk about anything. Um, if LSU wins the national title, are they, you know, because of how dominant they've been, are they on the short list of best teams ever there? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, 
Okay, we have to answer it on now, December the 11th, Jason. Like We have to try to answer that in a speculative way, in a hypothetical way. We haven't yeah. seen the finish yet. they got to win two more games. And let's be honest, they could go out and beat Oklahoma. Let's say they go beat Oklahoma 45-21. to 21. Mm-hmm. Would that surprise anyone? No. It wouldn't surprise a single person no. with Oklahoma's defense. So really what we're talking about is I think we're sitting here, we're going to withhold judgment on – how great an all-time team LSU is until we see them play either Clemson or Ohio State. And, again, in your hypothetical, let's say they match up – let's just say they match up with Ohio State and they beat them. Um, Let's just say the final score against Ohio State is 38-31 and they beat them in that way because that's how we foresee LSU winning games by scoring a lot of points. That's how they've won all these games. Then I think maybe what we come out of it, Jason, is we go, without question, it's one of the greatest college offenses we will have ever seen. I will tell you if that happens that definitively LSU will be the greatest offensive turnaround that we have ever seen in college football. But in terms of greatest team, will you want to say that about LSU – if they give up 21 points to Oklahoma and 30-something points to Ohio State? I, I don't know. It depends on if they're up 45-7 to seven at halftime. Great point. Like they have been with everybody else. Um, okay, so how about their position in the definition of SEC's greatest team yeah. so far? Because mm-hmm. I was thinking they remind me a, a lot of the 95-96 Florida teams. Mm-hmm. The way they're just pounding people. Well, and hitting all these deep balls, just running by people and hitting yeah. a deep ball because of a great receivers who are capable of running by people, mm-hmm. and b a quarterback who just can't miss on deep throws. They're taking these very what are low percentage, like low percentage shots, you know, yeah. NBA range threes in basketball. They're taking these low percentage throws in football, but they're connecting at an extremely high rate which we really haven't seen before. I agree with you. You, you. The offense is already up there with the best offenses we've ever seen in the SEC. Yeah, that's the the difference to me is how Burrow is – he is pinpointing these passes. He's not doing the Danny Werfel where he's just throwing them up there and letting the, those NFL receivers go get it. Yeah. That, that guy is – he's a machine. He is, and it is ability – and, and that kind of stuff in performance, you don't just chalk it up to one thing. But I will tell you this, Jason. I am a firm believer that a lot of what they did, this just uncanny um, connection between Joe Burrow and those receivers on deep balls, I believe they earned it with their work in the offseason. I, I can't get out of my head this story that, that Brady, Joe Brady, goes in there and as the passing game guy, he demanded they would ever they would do ever how many throwing workouts on their own uh, throughout the summer, and he demanded week after week after week after week that every receiver had to catch a thousand passes before he could finish. And then he's holding them accountable to do it because he's the assistant coach, and during the summer he can't be out there on the field with them. So they go out, they abide by this standard that he's set. They're staying out into the wee hours of the night until they've caught their 1,000 passes. 
And I just think that took the continuity level, quarterback and receiver, to a new level. And I think that's what every team out there has got to understand. I've said it before about Mississippi State, Jason. You don't improve your throw and catch rate in fall practice in August. You don't improve it by game reps. You improve it from in May, June, and July by, frankly, throwing and catching more than the teams you're going to play against. It's that simple. That's definitely been a problem for State the last 10 years. Even when with Mullen, that was a problem. It was. With the receiver dropping passes. It was, no doubt. Hey, Jason, good to hear from you, man. All right, y'all take it easy. All right, you too. Thank right. you. Thank you, Jason, listening out in Arizona. Next up, Divinity Equipment Phone, Michael. Talk a little Mississippi State. What's what? up, Michael? What's going on, man? Yo. Uh, I, I tell you, I missed your show yesterday, Matt. Well, I missed I, you being on the show yesterday. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. What you got on your mind? <laughs> well, hey, uh, I wanted to – I got two things to say, man. Uh, as a whole, I'm just – you know, Ole Miss, congratulations to them hiring the lane train and all that, whatever. I'm, as you know, I'm in Moveris, Hell State for Life, to the day I die. And, well, quite frankly, Matt, I wanted to say this. Now, this has nothing to do with that, but when you played football at Mississippi State, and you touched on this about a week or two ago, mm-hmm. about talking about maybe a change in strength and conditioning coaches, and people don't really get, they don't really have an insight on how much that really benefits your program. Right. And people have no idea of all the hard work that those young student athletes put in just to play a game. And when I say a game, I don't mean the game where everybody else stereotypes I always say is it's just a game. What I mean is to those guys, those young men, it's more than a game to them. It's a lifestyle. It's a commitment. And – when, and you know darn well what I'm talking about because you went through everything that I'm saying right now when you were quarterback in Mississippi State. Yeah. Michael, and, uh, um, let me let me jump in there on this. You bring up a good point. Go ahead. Um, go and, ahead. and, you know, I I don't get on here and call for coaching changes and call for coaches' heads and stuff. Oh, no, no, no. And, I, and here's what I would say to you that the way I tried to approach it, I think I said, yes, I, think I, said very matter-of-factly um, during the season at times that I think – some of the techniques, some of the things that State did from a strength and conditioning standpoint, it wasn't good enough. Oh, yeah. And I was just saying that stri- strictly from you know watching a few things, seeing on field, seeing injuries pile up, seeing fourth quarters where they didn't quite have the same burst oh. that they had in the you know first and second quarter, those kinds of things. But at, but at times, I mean, you could always find some examples that maybe went against it. But I do think that it, it's more about revamping and pushing a little harder in what you did than it is necessarily about always changing personnel. But to your point, I want to give you some examples of how important it is. I know I'm preaching to the choir. When when Dan Mullen was hired at Mississippi State, the first thing he did was hire a strength coach. He went and targeted Matt Bayless. Dan had been around him, knew he was one of the best, knew what he would do, and that is he would come in and the, the players that they had on the team You'd start to figure out what they were really capable of because Matt Bayless was going to push them farther than they had ever been pushed before, and to the oh, point yes, to the point that also you'd find out who really wanted to be there and who didn't because some would just leave. 
So the first thing oh, yeah, he yeah, did yeah. was hire a strength and conditioning coach. A strength and conditioning coach spends more time one-on-one and in Those position players. groups with players than any other coach on the staff. Let me give you the most recent example. Yes. I'm going to read you a tweet. Yes, sir. I'm going to read you a tweet uh, right here by um, – uh, it's an article from The Athletic about what Lane Kiffin is doing – right now trying to put his staff together at Ole Miss. In The Athletic, this is a quote from the article. In his biggest coup attempt, Kiffin offered Alabama strength and conditioning coach Scott Cochran an on-the-field coaching position to try to steal him from Nick Saban. He, one of the first things that Lane Kiffin, a guy who coached at Alabama, a guy who yeah. was on a winning team at Alabama and certainly got an inside look at what's important and what makes them tick. Yeah. Is the, the first thing he's trying to do is trying to lure and hire away the strength and conditioning coach at Alabama. And he's even going so far as, hey, man, I'll let you coach tight ends if you'll just come. That's how important <laughs> it is. And that's, listen, if you don't have a superstar running your strength and conditioning staff or running it in a superstar way, it will show up in the fall. Michael, thanks for your call. Yes, sir. Thank you. Just getting started with you on a Wednesday. I love it when you call me on the Divini phone. Let's do some more of that. I'll get to your texts as well here in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. I don't really care about that. It's the end of the conversation. Back on the show. Here we are with you on this Wednesday live in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team. We stay connected to you around the clock because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. I'm Matt. Roger is here, so we're all in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Now, for those of you watching the stream, I can, I'm dressed like Mr. Rogers today. I got the sweater like on top of the shirt. It really does look that way. Sweater on top of the shirt, got the zip up. Nah, he didn't have a zipper. He had the button. Oh, did he button it? Yours looks cool. <laughs> I need to find one with the big buttons. Old style sweater. Yeah, right. Granny buttons. Someday we like we turn this show into like a TV show. Also, the intro is I'll walk in, I'll do like he does. I'll ch- I'll walk in, change shoes, put on a sweater, <laughs> and then we sit down and do two hours of sports talk. Will that fit? I don't think it'll fit. Hey, we need to get our uh, our creative heads together and. Uh... Come up with a Lane Kiffin song. Yeah, Lane Kiffin song. What would that be, I wonder? Like, uh, look you under coming. <laughs> coming down. There's something about a train, right? Highway 9. 
Yeah. It's the Lane Kiffin special. <laughs> yeah, something. We'll have to figure that out. Um, hey to everybody on Facebook who's watching the stream. Rodney wishing me a belated happy birthday. Thank you. Braxton said, Hail State from Slidell, Louisiana. I saw a news story last night, Roger, in Slidell, Louisiana. A police officer there who rides a horse. Uh, for Christmas, he took his horse to PetSmart, and they went in to PetSmart. Because <laughs> everybody always takes their cats and their dogs in there. All right. And there's never a problem. And there's never a horse either. <laughs> but in Slidell, Louisiana, there were horses. There, there was a horse. Well, I saw the video. It seemed fine. Here, of course, of course. First of all, it's a police officer. What are you going to say to him? Hey, get that right. out of it. Okay, sir, go right ahead. <laughs> and then... Yeah, the horse is just walking up and down the aisles in PetSmart and looking around, and they took him over there where they might pick himself out a treat. You know, horses in PetSmart. That's where we are now. I, I got a question. I, I went over to your uh, Twitter page. Yeah. Four hours ago. Is this a quote from a movie? Yeah, which one? You taught me everything I know about exterior illumination. <laughs> Roger. Is that from the Christmas That's vacation? That's Christmas vacation, yeah. Okay. Um, see, here's the deal. We had, so four hours ago, you're talking about, and that was this morning, we had a delay in getting Little One to school because last night in North Mississippi, up here where we live, snow came through. Now, yesterday it snowed all day. But no snow day. Oh, well, the thing, The thing is... So, look, yesterday on Tuesday, well, let's back up. On Monday, the high here was like 70. Okay, so even yesterday at lunchtime, 24 hours later, the air temperature has dropped. There's freezing precipitation falling out of the sky, but the ground is still 70 degrees from the day before, <laughs> and the roads are still hot and warm, you know? It's just the way that works. It takes a while for things to get cold enough for the snow to actually stick. So it snowed all day yesterday. Throughout North Mississippi, North Alabama, where I was traveling, drove in the snow the whole time, but it wasn't sticking until last night. Sun goes down. We got back from birthday dinner at about six forty-five, seven p.m. on Tuesday night, and it's still snowing. And now things are st finally cold enough that it's starting to stick in your grass and started sticking on the roof and on tops of things, you know, and not on the concrete, but any other uh, surface it was sticking. And so we got out, played around in it a little bit. It was fun. And what they did is they delayed the start of school this morning for two hours. So instead of taking kids sunshine, to sc school yeah. at 8, we took them at 10 and a little sunshine. And sure enough, it melted it all off real quick because things warmed up today. Um, so, so it was perfect. And so we were at home, and that was what was on our television. And when I saw that line, I just thought, oh, I'm tweeting that line from the movie. Because just about everybody knows where that comes from, Roger. I could. I, I I was guessing. I don't remember that line. You know the. I remember some key lines. There's so much that people associate you with. You serious, Clark? Yeah, you serious. Save <laughs> save the neck for me. Um, there's so many lines, and there's so many things you can associate with in that movie. Also, like when he finally gets the house lit, and there's this, for Clark, there's this internal feeling of, just gratification, just satisfaction. He finally. Got it done. A huge sense of accomplishment. And he's so happy. He's teary-eyed. He's hugging every member of the family. And his own father is celebrating as well after they finally got all the lights to light up. And 
his own father says, it's a butte, Clark. It's a butte. But then his father-in-law didn't even br- break a smile. Art, when he goes over and he hugs Art, who's looking at the house, he goes, the little lights aren't twinkling. <laughs> and I said, I can associate that. Sounds like something my father-in-law would say. We finally get thing. we finally get a thing. thousand lights on the house lit up, and he'd say, "Are they supposed to be blinking? They are not blinking." <laughs> but it is, he's not really that way. I'm just saying I can see him saying, "Oh, so this some so people much. are so task oriented." I mean, exactly. No doubt about it. All right, here we go. Um, on the text line at eight eight five ESPN, Quirk says, in my opinion, no greatest team ever gives up 400 yards rushing to an Ole Miss team with a losing record. See, that's why I brought it up. The question about if this LSU team wins it all, are they going to go into the conversation one of the best teams ever? And they're certainly one of the best offenses ever now. They are already the best offensive turnaround maybe ever in the SEC that I've seen. I'd vote for that. But team, greatest team ever. So you got to talk about all the other stuff about the team and that defense. Nobody, I, I would, I've never sat here and said that LSU's defense was bad or poor or subpar or below average. They are not. They're very good. They have NFL players in different spots who are going to be really high draft picks. We know that. Stingley, maybe the best cover corner in the league. And when you're up against some of those players at Alabama, that's saying something. Um, you know, the defensive end, that uh, there's great players throughout the defense. Nobody's ever said they're bad. We just have never looked at LSU's defense as being as dominant as their offense is. And the games and the numbers have backed that up. And so the point here by the by Quirk is, you know, you could play Ole Miss over there. They built a big lead, and then LSU's defense went vanilla. They're trying to get the game over with, yes. But Ole Miss racked up over 400 yards rushing against that team. How can you... How can a four-win team get 400 yards rushing against one of the, quote, best teams teams ever? Think about it. I mean, it's an argument. Bulldog Barney on the text line says, moving forward, with Stevens gone and KT gone, maybe, who else do we have behind Schrader if he goes down? Can Maiden handle Coach Moorhead's offense? What about Logan Burnett? What do you know about any newcomers? Well, I know you have the kid from Brandon who was really good this year. Um, He is really good. He's signing with State as a quarterback. So you're going to have at least one new face in the mix. And then, you know, this question of can Maiden handle Coach Moorhead's offense, I don't know that I can really answer that for you because we don't know. We can watch practice and all that stuff. But until you see somebody operate in a game, and because of the whole freshman and redshirt thing, we've never seen him in a game outside of, what, a handoff, maybe a quarterback draw at some point last year. So I think that developing depth next year behind Garrett Trader is a huge priority from Mississippi State. Speaking of which, we'll talk to Neil Price coming up next. He is Hale State Voice, and he'll join us on the phone. Stick around for that in the Farm Bureau studio.
You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau Go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance. Local agents, hometown heroes in all 82 counties across the state of Mississippi. Right now on the Divinity Equipment phone line, our good old buddy, old pal, Neil Price. He is the play-by-play announcer on the radio for Mississippi State football and men's basketball. He is Hail State Voice on Twitter and Instagram. Y'all follow him if you don't already. He's on your radio right now as we speak. Hey, Neil. Happy Wednesday to you, man. What's up? Happy Wednesday and happy birthday to you uh, a little bit late. I guess. Am I late, right, by a day or two? Uh, just one day. It was yesterday. Are one you, day. You going to sing? Yeah. You going to sing to me? No, I said happy <laughs> birthday. It'd be pretty sour if I sang to you, I'm afraid. <laughs> Well, I totally understand. No, I appreciate that, buddy, uh, very much. Hey, um, coming to Nashville, I know we had our fingers crossed that that was the bowl trip, and sure enough it is. Uh, you had to be tickled when you saw the news, huh? Yeah, I was in Tennessee on uh, Sunday morning getting ready to head back to Mississippi, and when I woke up Sunday morning, everything I'd read – even the people I talked to that were kind of in the know in football circles in that state uh, had led me to believe we were headed to Charlotte. And, and I just kind of resolved my fa- myself to the fact that that's where we're going to go, and it's still a good trip and a great city and get to play in an NFL stadium, be a lot of fun for the team. And then I got on a plane to head back, and when I got on that airplane – uh, from you know, 35 minutes from the time I left Nashville Airport till I landed in Tupelo, things had changed dramatically. And all of a sudden, State's going to Nashville, Kentucky's going to Charlotte, and Tennessee's going to Jacksonville. And I don't think anybody really had an idea of how that whole thing was going to play out. And I'm not sure that we accurately know how it played out just yet. But uh, there's a lot of good rumors and stories floating around about how it might have happened. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of rumors. I, I don't know specifically how it happened either. But, man, I was so convinced based on conversations that s- some crazy stuff was going to have to happen for State not to go to Charlotte. Neil, I was already looking up. Lake Norman and uh, camping places and ways to go fishing and how long it'd take to drive. I, I had already done all that research, but I I get the do you I just get the feeling that a majority of state fans felt like they almost got an early Christmas present when it became Nashville because everybody can hop in the tr- car and drive up there. Yeah, I think there's some truth to that, and I think you got a number of state alums that are already living in you know metropolitan nashville too that are going to be able to see the team play so i think state's going to have a good crowd there i really do and you know i think it'll be a good matchup i know that it's not always appealing when you see the same team uh within in three years two times in three years in a bowl game but louisville's had a good year too uh they had a chance to to win eight games wound up seven and five uh they've got some real athletes especially on offense Uh, i think scott satterfield's done a really good job with their team in his first year so i think it'll be a good game uh it's a great stadium a great place uh to watch a game Uh, as far as we're concerned it's a great place to work 
and uh, I think it'll be uh, it'll be a great experience for everybody invited to Nashville. I mean, how can you not go to Nashville and enjoy yourself? And you could stay right downtown there, walk to the stadium, uh, do anything you want, pretty much. Hear some good music. It's it's a great trip. Great trip. Yeah. Well, I said I think it was on the podcast the other night. I'm so excited to get to hang out in Nashville with Neil. Now I know it's not. It ain't like we're going to be there for a week. It'll be a few days for us. But what's the one thing? in Nashville, country music related, that you would say, hey, Matt, if you haven't seen this, you have to see it. What What do you think that would be? I think everybody should go to the Grand Ole Opry one time, if you've never been. Uh, it's a little bit different today than it was the you know, first time I went 30 years ago uh, as a kid, because the schedule's in flux so much that it's hard to pin down exactly what the lineup's going to be, you know, more than about 24, 48 hours out. But it's still worth seeing. Uh, doesn't matter if it's at the Opry House, uh, out by the Opryland Hotel, or if it's at the Ryman Auditorium downtown. It's worth going to see. And, you know, if you've never been there, I'm not a big Broadway guy, uh, but if you've never been, it's worth walking down Lower Broadway one time to, to see it and kind of experience it. And there are some really iconic places down there, too. Uh, I'd stick my head in at Tootsie's Orchid Lounge and, and see where Willie Nelson uh, kind of cut his teeth when he came to Nashville and a lot of other people who uh, have, have stood up on that stage in that very tiny place that have gone on to big careers I like Robert's Western World, which I guess if you had to if you had to term it something, it's more of a honky tonk. Uh, they play a lot of steel guitar in there. If you like twang, it's a good place. <laughs> uh, I'd go in there and, and, and kind of stick my head in and listen to what they've got, and go by the Ernest Tub, Ernest Tub Record Shop. Uh, there's a lot of history in there, regardless of whether you want to pick up a, an album or, or a CD or a T-shirt or any kind of souvenir uh, books. They've got all that stuff in there too, but. If you stop in there and just look at the walls, there's a lot of history on the walls in there. And for people who like Loretta Lynn, there's a pretty big display of Loretta Lynn stuff in there, too. I think a lot of the stuff she used to wear on stage, uh, they've got back there, uh, back toward the back of the place. Uh, at least last time we were there a month ago, uh, they had some of that in there. Country Music Hall of Fame's good. You know, all touristy stuff. But if you've got time to do it and you enjoy the music, uh, it's, it's a great place to be. You, you can, you can really take it all in and, and see everything and, and have a great time. Neil Price on your radio right now. He is at Hale State Voice on Twitter and Instagram. Y'all follow him uh, if you don't already. Neil, uh, real quick on the basketball front, it, it's it's kind of a, I don't know, things were clicking along fine and then a bunch of home games and they win them and they go on the road, had the loss to Villanova playing great, just playing a lot of games and seemed to really be kind of getting in a groove and then have that long break come back home and were a little rusty and got beat by La Tech. Were you surprised by that at all to see with that long of a layoff and now another kind of long layoff, a little rustiness that started to creep in? Yeah, maybe a little bit uh, because I think, number one, I think La Tech's a good team. And I think by the time that things shake out in Conference USA, they're going to have to beat Western Kentucky. But I think they're going to be right there at the end with a chance to to make some noise in the regular season in that league and, and maybe even win the tournament. But uh, the biggest thing to me, and I think it's the thing that, I don't know if disappointing is the word, but it's the thing certainly that's frustrating. 
State's bigs are its strength. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody would deny that. They've been a great offensive rebounding team, but they've not been a very good defensive rebounding team. And and where that shows up is they, they give up second opportunities to their opponents. And Louisiana Tech, being a smaller team, beat State on the offensive glass in that game. Got some second chances late in the game when State's trying to get back in it. They created opportunities to extend possessions and run more time off the clock. Yeah. So, you know, what I think you hope coming out of that game is that that's a valuable lesson that has been learned, and it's one that you'll be able to apply against a Kansas State team that played very well in the Big 12 last year and uh, has a lot of guys back on its team uh, that uh, State's going to face up in Newark on Saturday. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I see teams that suffer these early season losses. I see a, a great Louisville team just get beat the other day. Uh, and even for really good teams, Neil, do we need to be sometimes as a fan base reminded that, look, basketball is a little different than than football is. And, you know, um, these good teams can – you have a slip-up one night, you don't shoot the ball well, or you don't rebound well. There's a bunch of teams on your schedule that, that can beat you almost no matter who you are. Yeah, and I think, too, the other thing you need to do is look around college basketball right now. I mean, the number one team's been beaten, what, four times already? I think that's right. And we're in the first couple weeks of December. So I just think that college basketball as a whole has more parity probably right now than it's had in a long time. And there are no, there are no gimmies, you know, or not nearly as many as there used to be because everybody's got one or two guys now and with the transfer portal you get guys who aren't playing for some of these high major teams and they want a chance to get on the floor right away so they're going and playing for some of these mid-major programs and suddenly those teams are much better than they were a season or two ago uh you know you you can't just walk out there and think that because you're playing at home and and because you know you're playing in the sec that that's going to be enough to get it done you got to really pay attention to the little things and and do them well too and state will do that you know it's 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 early in the year the loss to villanova is a good loss i'm not so sure that by the end of the year this loss to louisiana tech won't wind up looking like it it wasn't so bad either and you know you you just got to take care of business now the rest of the way get into the league with a good record and they're going to play some more good mid-major teams now that game in jackson a week from sunday new mexico state's not bad they're they're pretty good team so you know uh, folks in Jackson, if you're listening, uh, we need you there a week from Sunday uh, to, to help the Bulldogs in that one, give them a good home court advantage there at the Coliseum. And could be, a, like you say, a meaningful game when, when tournament time rolls around. Neil, man, I really do appreciate it. Good to hear your voice. Seems like it's been forever since we uh, since I heard your voice up in the booth for the Egg Bowl. So good to talk to you, man. Looking forward to Nashville. Yeah, looking forward to it. We'll see you there. All right, see you there. Thank you. That's Neil Price, Hale State Voice, Twitter and Instagram. Y'all follow him if you don't already. Appreciate a little time with Neil. Coming up, hour number two is going to start it off, and we'll check in with Brad Logan, who covers uh, football and other sports, I guess, in the state of Mississippi for the Clarion Ledger. Um, He's got his uh, finger on the pulse, I think, of the situation at Ole Miss after hiring Lane Kiffin and how that's going in the first few days and hours of – that tenure. So let's kind of check in with Brad, see what he says. That's coming up next. Here in the Farm Bureau studio. Stay with me. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. 